Welcome to the mortgage game. I truly, truly believe that building a mortgage business, a successful one is like playing a game. There's winners, there's losers, there's certain things you try. Some of us are playing checkers while others are playing chess. I've had the ability to coach and mentor hundreds of mortgage brokers. I myself built a very nice business. So now I want to distill all that information, all the things I've learned from that and bring it directly to you in a simple to understand way. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the Mortgage Game Podcast. Let's get into it. This is part two of what I learned in 2023. Um, now, I, I'm not going to share tactical things. I will and I'm not. Uh, I shared a lot of that in the first episode. I've got pages and pages of other tactical things, which I'm going to bring you through all the other avenues I have to bring you value on things, including this podcast. Uh, I'm going to share three lessons I learned, right? Three insights in coaching hundreds and hundreds of mortgage brokers. Just all the things I get to just be able to fly in the wall and learn and see and people approach and say, hey, help me with this, hand on props with this, hey, I wish we could do this. And, and when I do deeper dives into people's businesses, I just learn so much. And I want to share a couple of those things with you. I'm going to start with the story though, okay? The story is it leads right into point number one, one of the first lessons I learned. There's many lessons and I just extracted things I thought you would find pretty valuable. All right, so I coach wrestling. I coach wrestling, basketball, soccer, and mortgage brokers, go figure. And so in that coaching, we had a big tournament this weekend. Big tournament, I coach kindergarten. So kindergarten to grade six. I mostly focus on kindergarten to grade three. That's five years old up to, I don't even know the age. I always track of kids' ages. They're all just like little rascals to me. And so we're showing up this tournament. There's 110 people at the tournament. A lot of kids have never wrestled before. I've been training for three and a half months for this. And by training, I mean, we meet once a week for one hour and half of it's just fun time, go do fun things. And the other half, we do boring shit, boring stuff over and over the same thing, prepping for this tournament. And so this tournament's a little overwhelming for a lot of people because you've got these young kids who've never experienced this thing. There's like, they're going to be given no medals. There's no participation medals in wrestling, okay? Setting kids up for later on in life where you have to deal with winning and losing. We're not doing that. But so there's podiums, there's microphones, there's speakers, there's music, there's stands, there's bleachers, there's people watching, there's cameras, there's cheering, lots of stuff going on. You're like wrestling another person right in front of a bunch of people with people screaming at you and you don't know where you are. It's a little overwhelming. So I, I'm always so proud coming out of these tournaments just with how the kids and how they respond. And they always respond way better than we think. That's not the moral story. Moral story is this. We get in there and there's some hardcore teams in there. And we come strolling in and whatnot. And we've been doing the same two wrestling moves for three and a half months. It's called power half and a cross face. And we've been going over, over and over to the point where the students are like, hey, I'm bored. Hey, I'm bored. Hey, dad, I don't want to go wrestling tonight. It's boring. And I go, dude, we learned that one thing. You can win the tournament. You will win the tournament with that one move. We get so good at it. But I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't want, no, no going to get the basics. We're going to do this. Okay, fast forward the tournament. We're in the tournament. Show up. We're running about a half hour late. There's this other team there called the Rancheros. Yeah, whatever. The name is what it is, but called the Rancheros. Big jack coach, big hard coach. You can tell he's into it. His kids are all in singlets, wrestling shoes, headgear, got their fancy drills. They're doing all their things. He's like drilling them down. I'm like, hey man, we're going to be about a half hour late. I apologize. That's okay. Rancheros will be ready. Oh, okay, bro. Okay. Uh, you know, sure. Your five-year-old's going to be like ready to go. Yeah. Cause he looks like he's, I don't know where he is. He's, he's eating, uh, 
you know, a bug over there in the corner. But anyways, we get into this. Guess what? We won the most medals. We, both my kids got gold. That's my shameless plug for my kids. And because of one move, the power half. And some kids execute the crossface. All the other freaking teams were doing all these other moves and they had no idea how to do them. You could see them start trying them and mixing up the legs and getting confused. And before you know what, the ref stands you up and you lost your opportunity to do something because you only have so many seconds. You have seven seconds to turn someone over and you get them on the stomp. Try to pin them for one second to win the match. Or you get, you're up by 10 points and they call, you know, match is over. You're up by 10. Like a mercy rule type thing. Our kids, we'd get them down, boom, power half. The kids knew how to defend it, then we'd switch over to our crossface. We taught our kids how to do one move and defend the move. And we caught them at a backup move just in case, but that's it. We could have layered on all these other things, all these shiny objects we could have layered in. But guess what? We didn't. We stuck to the basics. We stuck to the database marketing. We stuck to building a brand online and doing boring things over and over. We stuck to doing opens and DMs to people. That's it. We didn't go chase anything else. No new system for accountants or FAs or a new fancy thing to get realtors or this thing over here or this thing over there. And we weren't picking on 20 different niches and trying to be a master of all, but really master of none, you know, whatever that saying is. And so we stuck to basics. It's a massive lesson I learned over the past year, over the past couple of years. It's something I did religiously in my own mortgage business. I just stuck to doing the same boring things, much like the five-year-olds with the power half. The five-year-old girls cranking a power half on a six-and-a-half-year-old boy who looks like he could throw her off a, you know, a tractor is very impressive. And to see how excited they were because they're like, yeah, I stuck to this one move. It's all I knew how to do. They knew how to do it really, really good. And all too often, I see too many of you thinking this is a game. This is a mortgage game. It is a game. That's what a podcast called us. You're trying to play a complicated... You're, you're thinking it's chess. This is not chess. There is no opponent. You are maneuvering past three, four, five steps ahead. You're not doing that. You've got a lot of people lining up there that want to play checkers, that want to play go fish. There are so many clients that are out there taking all this crazy information that's being spit at them from 18 different angles and from the dum-dums at the bank. You just have to go play fish with them. That's it. Just get really good. Learn how to shuffle. Learn how to command go fish. Learn how to remember, wait, there's already a pair of fours there. I need a, another pair of four here. Maybe I won't ask for that or maybe I will. And do boring things. Just play fish. That's it. It's not a game of checkers. There's no strategic moves you need. There's not. But too many of you are overcomplicating. So that's lesson one that I learned. And I got reminded of that at the wrestling tournament, just going, I know this is going to work. And guess what? The kids listened to the coach. And they said, okay, I really don't know any better. You've already been there, done that. I'm going to listen to you. I'm just going to do this one move to the point where the night before, me and my sons are practicing, guess what, in the room? That one move. And sure as shit, come tournament time, they can't be stopped with the one move. Right? That's <laughs> crazy. Like winning for you as a mortgage broker is doing what? Two deals a month, three deals a month, six deals a month, eight deals a month, whatever it is. It's not crazy. It's not thousands of deals. 
It's being able to do that, enjoy the life you want, not be super stressed, learn to be present, a quality of life, work-life balance, all that stuff. You're not trying to, you know, start this massive company with all these moving parts. Just go play fish. That's it. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, um, another lesson I learned is all too often I see this with a lot of mortgage brokers, and they more confess to me about it than anything, is they're just always waiting, always waiting for for the thing, the thing to save you. They're waiting for like the new thing to come along, the new brokerage to join, the new product to come out, the new lender with the new product that's better than this one, the new underwriting connection, new BDM, you know, the, the new coaching thing to come out to like, ah, I got it. Because they get that little bit of hope. They feel like, yeah, I got hope now. And they're just sitting there waiting for it to come. And then you've got the steady eddies that just keep plugging along. Keep plugging along. And then before you know it, they've got a very nice business. And they're like, you ask them, how'd you get that? They're like, I don't really know. I just kind of like kept showing up, doing things. It's clicking. I can't draw a super straight line, but when you actually like unpack all the things you do, a lot of you can be very, very proud of yourself. You just don't realize in the moment because you just keep going and you're also comparing yourself to everyone else. And so being proactive over reactive is a big, big lesson I learned. I learned that personally in my own business, waiting on other people to do things for you. Like, frig that. That's like for the birds. And so I'm, hey, I make mistakes too. And I do that. That's part of learning. I've done that in the past. I did that this year. No longer. Now it's foot on the gas, proactive. I'm going to drive the bus. And much like you need to with your business, instead of always waiting for the thing, always waiting till Monday, always waiting until the end of day, always waiting till the afternoon to do it, always waiting until the new year to do the thing, always waiting and you get back from vacation, you're going to crush it. Right? And, and meanwhile, you got the steady eddies. Do, 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 do. Keep coming along. And so there's number two. Okay. Um, number three. It's the last lesson I'm going to use for this one. I've got a bunch more, but this one's very relevant. And so all too often I see brokers, you're out there and I'm like, oh, it's a really good message you got. Or, oh, I love that thing. And then I don't hear it anymore. It's like, oh, you had that thing where you were offering like audit your mortgage thing. I didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, now I'm talking about stated income programs. Oh, in the rental part. Oh, okay. What about that thing? Yeah, no, I don't talk. I already talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it once. So I'll give you an example. You only need so many. We went over this on our accountability group today. You only need so many things to talk about, right? You have to use the thing to sell the thing. And if that doesn't make sense, I'm going to break it down for you. So I just upped our game on I have a newsletter. If you're interested in being on it, go to ryanlima.ca. Uh, it's a kick-ass newsletter. It's the best newsletter in the industry, I think, hands down. And so, but it's taken me three years to build it. You know, perfect time. It's out there. I'm happy. It's only going to get better, too. we got some cool things happening. It's to promote the VIP club. We're using the VIP club to sell the VIP club. That's our database marketing company. You get on that, you get to win a bunch of stuff for nothing, answering a question, and then we engage with you. We're using the thing to sell the thing. 
mortgage brokers can do this too. Some of you got it figured out and you don't even realize you're doing it. And other ones just keep scrambling. The thing is, let's just say one of your things is renewals. Okay. Renewals should be something that you talk about in your business all the time. Should be an evergreen piece of marketing. And you can talk about, you only need to talk about three or four things in total. And you, cause you can branch different stories off of all of these things. So use the thing renewal to sell the thing helping you with your renewal. I'm going to use my prior experience of helping people with renewals and all the stories that come out of that and all the things I learned out of that and all the examples I have and how I better people's lives and you know how I stopped the big bad bank from screwing you over and all these things to sell you on the renewal. All right, same with the refinance. I'm going to use the refinance, me, what I do for a refi for people, how I help people with the refi to sell you to use the refi. Why would you use the thing? If I haven't showed you how, what the thing is, right? Why would I say, hey, come to a refinance? You're like, why? Well, I don't know. Rates are low. You should take advantage. What does that mean? I don't know. Break it down for me. Use the thing to sell the thing. Okay? So all too often, brokers start stop telling the same story. They shift gears. All of a sudden, they're on something else. And I'm like, whoa. Keep in mind, remember, off of one thing, you got your review. You've got, hey, Bunch of different hooks you can pull off of that. Do you know anyone has a mortgage coming up? Don't sign the letter. The bank puts you in the mail. Does anyone have a mortgage coming up in 2024? Does anyone have a mortgage coming up in June, July 2024? Does anyone have a mortgage coming up in the summer or fall? Does anyone have the mortgage, right? And then out of that, you get to tell stories. I helped this client. Came to me in 15 minutes to save $3,000. Or they came to me, realized they were in a really good product, uh, but that based on the advice that they were not given, they should go to a different product. They didn't realize it. They just jammed a product on the throat. And then like, if you map this all out, now you've got your content for your marketing, for your email campaign to your clients, your email campaign for your realtor list, for any of the reels you're putting out, for any of the stories you're putting out, for any of the static posts you're putting out, for any of the DMs you're doing through opening people on social conversations through there. All you're talking about is the thing. You don't go and talk to someone about, hey, I self-employed mortgage and then now I work first time home buyers, then I work with, talk about the thing, like give the thing some time to percolate, to simmer, right? For those cooks out there, give it a 30, 60 day thing, but you have to go map out what you're gonna say. So you just need different ways of saying it. Now imagine if you had your three or four things, all you need to do is keep rotating stories around those and you've got all your marketing for the year and for the next 10 years of your career. You can just keep talking about refis and why people should do it. If you run out of stuff to talk about in two minutes about refinancing, then you haven't been putting any creative juices or anything towards your marketing, right? It's all about developing stories and hooks and di digging back into your past and who you've helped and stories you've heard of and how you can help and show them the numbers and break it down. You could pick a refinance, that's evergreen forever. Renewals, evergreen forever. You could pick cash damming or buying an investment property, evergreen forever. You could pick I help self-employed. Oh my God, you could do three months of straight marketing. Now, are you going to bang people over the head with this stuff? That's what you're thinking. I know because I've had people say, Ryan, that's a lot of stuff. I feel like I'm just going to bore people around with stuff to talk about. No. Out of helping self-employed individuals, you could pull off four or five hooks off that. Right? Did the bank say no? Are you tired of the bank turning you down because you're self-employed? Did you think the bank 
Like, did they did they leave you hanging when you need them the most? Did you think they were your friend, but you realize they're not? They're only out for themselves. Did you, right? Do they, do you, are you a round peg and they only have a square hole? Or vice versa, however that goes. Right, those are the hooks. Then you draw off and you go, hey, here's some stories. Are you this person? Let's pretend they're the Johnson family. Well, it doesn't have to be the real stories. You can piece stories together if you don't have the real ones. So you've got your three or four things. And so you just keep rotating them. And you're going to send an email to somebody. And it's going to be, did the bank tell you no because you're self-employed? Well, get this story. And you're going to go into four, five, six sentences. And you're going to talk about it. Your call to action is going to be, let's hook a, a strategy call. I'm a specialist for self-employed individuals. I'm self-employed myself. I know the challenges. I'm a specialist for renewals when it's your renewal campaigns. I'm a specialist at increasing cash flow for the average Canadian family. I'm a specialist at optimizing investment properties. I'm a spe- oh, these, This is what I do. It's all you should be talking about. You just simplified your whole marketing campaign. We went off on a little tangent here in this one. But I feel it's all good stuff. And so that's where you go, though. So now you can keep shouting from the mountaintops about what you do. And now you send an email out. And guess what? If you're only sending one month out, well, there's you got problems. Right? You're, you got to send, you got to educate, entertain, inspire, and then you ask for something from your audience. So you got to warm them up with more than once a month. Well, let's say you're sending once a month and you're like, but Ryan, I don't want to keep talking about refinance. Well, then you're not telling the right stories. And B, do you really think every one of your clients is opening every one of your emails and reading it all? The percentages to line up where you're going to bore people with you talking about things, you're going to assume that they're going to see it on social, that they're going to see an email, that they're going to see, like, they're going to go see the webinar you're running on it. Like, no, life moves so fast with so much stuff coming at people. And if you just make small tweaks to what you're talking about, at the end of the day, you're all talking about a refi. You're all talking about a renewal. You're all talking about self-employed. Use those as your three things and just build your whole marketing campaign around. But people stop. They stop telling the story. And they want to look for a new story to tell. You haven't finished telling that story. You could talk self-employed mortgages. That's all you could talk about. You're never going to run out of things. Never all the different angles and products and tax advantages and how you help people and the little nuances of things, how to structure things and timing wise, how it impacts rentals and, you know, ways to work the system and like all these things, documents, uh, educating them on how to get that going and set up your company right. And like, huh, I'm running out of breath talking about this. You get the point though. The point is mortgage brokers just stop telling the same story. They're always looking to tell a new one. Just tell the same one a different way. That's all you have to do. That should take off all that pressure you have on you that, man, I got to go be all these things to all these people. I'm going to tell you something because I get this objection all the time. And it's a crazy objection. I don't want to just say I'm a self-employed individual. I don't want to just say that I'm, I do rental properties, Ryan. I do cash damning. I don't want to say that. I'm going to miss out on first time home buyers. No. Are you kidding me? Your net's bigger because you're seen as an absolute expert of what you do, especially with how you're going to tell the story, that the people who don't need an expert are going to want the expert. Remember, they're not paying anything. Think about it like this. If I'm, if, if I'm going to get a gym, someone to train me for my health, for me to get in shape, and it doesn't cost money. This is a bonus. Does it cost me money to go find a trainer? It does typically, but let's just say it doesn't. And I see out there someone marketing, talking about they train athletes. 
They train athletes to be the best version of themselves and blah, blah, blah. And then I've got Joe Blow sitting at Good Life that, you know, doesn't look like he or she works out. Or even if they do, who, who do I think in my head's an expert, more of an expert, Ready? boom, that person. Because they're telling me stories, they're showing, they're using the thing to sell the thing. They're showing the bodies of the athletes they're training to sell their service to more. Now, who would I want to approach? I'm going to approach them. Even if they won't take me, I'm going to go, hey, would you take me on? I'll pay you money, even though mortgage brokers, you don't even have to, they're not paying you anything. But let's just say they're going to be like, yeah, okay. They get the first-time homebuyers. I'm a first-time homebuyer if I'm not working out. I'm brand new. They're going to take me on. In my eyes, they are more of an expert than someone who just talks about first-time homebuyers. I want that person. So you get all those deals. You get all those opportunities. I can't tell you how many times when I was brokering, I focused on people listening, people help people buy the first investment property. Realtors that knew that would approach me and be like, hey, Ryan, sorry to bother you, man, but I, I have a lead. It's first time home buyer. Like, do you think you can take it? Like, I know they'd find a lot of value work. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Oh, thank you so much. Because I was seen as an expert. And they got to see my process and blah, blah, blah. So please don't stop telling. Just go tell the story you want to tell. Go become an expert, but you don't sound like an expert. If you're talking about 20 different things, you can never become a great storyteller and know all the nuances about all these different angles and pull out the emotion to sell that to people. From storytelling, you can't. There's no way. But if you go deep on business for soft mortgages, and your hooks and your emails and your videos and your marketing and your, and your static posts and all that stuff, two, three months at a time, it's awesome, glorious. You're gonna just see things, you're gonna put that out to the universe, that energy, and you know the energy you put out, you're going to get back. That energy will come back tenfold and you'll be seen as an expert in your marketing. Okay? And then first-time homebuyers will just show up. They will. Like, I want that person. Because I want that person that helps people buy their first rental. Even though I don't own a home right now, I know they can help me buy this home. Because I want them in my back pocket for when I go get my home, my second, third, fourth home. That's what I want. Okay? So there you go. Three lessons. Talked about it. Um, hopefully you found some in that. 2024 is going to be a crazy year. I'll get into more of what's going on later. Um, I promise you it's all awesome stuff and it's all for each and every one of you listening. All right? That's what I do. I wake, I literally wake up if I'm not already, like if I go to bed and it's like, it's all about coming up with things to make you better. <laughs> that's, that's my day. Uh, over and over again on repeat. Power half, power half, power half. Okay, so that's it, kids. Okay, lots of love. 2023 is an amazing year. 2024 is going to be substantially better for all of us on so many levels. I can already feel it in my bones. I can see it in the energy out there. I can see just there's a different vibe right now, and I can I can feel it. Um, so I'm going to help you along the way. Okay, all right, that's it, kids. Peace out.